is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. This is going to be huge. Welcome. You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, credentialed media member at MavsFanatic.com, and I am joined, as always, by the also credentialed editor of The Smoking Cuban. What have you got for me, Isaac Harris? So, Nick, as always, I have a question for you. Do you can you can you fit like if you did a poll on Twitter and said which finals loss is worse, could you fit all of LeBron's in one poll? You can't actually. You can't. You only get four options on the Twitter. Yeah, because because there's five. So I just didn't. You know, I, I kind of knew the answer to that one, but I just want to lay lay the groundwork for that. Rhetorical one. questions are also questions. Yeah, that of have course meaning they are. inside of them. Uh, there's one thing I really want to talk about for the finals, and it's not about people who are calling the NBA garbage and that it's like you know the NBA has already decided the beginning of the season. Why should I even watch? I I don't want to talk to those people. I don't think those people listen to this podcast at all. And I want to talk about Mark Jackson calling out Harrison Barnes right in the middle of the fourth quarter when the NBA finals are going on. And he said, if you're Harrison Barnes and you're watching tonight, you have to say to yourself, I understand. Now, why just just why like why would you bring that up why do you why do you have to bring harrison barnes into it just shut up about harrison barnes mark jackson you benched harrison barnes you went to the warriors you benched harrison barnes and the team was not as good when you were there then all of a sudden steve how hard must the finals be for mark jackson to watch Uh, this team i was gonna say you know what hb sitting back which barnes is you know he said that he's not watching the finals but if hb sitting back you know he's saying he said mark jackson Man, it must be hard for you to sit there and look. I mean, you're watching this game and saying, "Hey, Steve Kerr, I understand. I understand <laughs> why, <laughs> because you couldn't do it, Mark. I had to meet. See, I missed that part. I had to tweet out. I'm like, what did he say? Because I muted it. I couldn't. I can't handle Mark Jackson. He's just like uh, the guy for Boston, Tommy Heinsohn. <laughs> Tommy Heinsohn. He, I swear, like, dude. Have you listened to Tommy Heinsohn? Man, that guy. He, such he's a not run. as bad. He actually played for the he, team, so. He's so he's so much of a homer for teams against Golden State. Like it's, un, it's unreal, man. I don't think that's a foul. <laughs> just like looking stupid. Like just, I can't uh, that statement. Like usually Mark Jackson is is fine to me. Like the stuff he says, it's whatever. Like Mama, there goes that man. Like that that's kind of a cool catchphrase. He's trying to get it to catch on. But the if you're Harrison Barnes, like you don't you don't need to say that. That just it you know. Don't bring that up. Don't bring up the Mavericks. Talk about what's in front of you. Don't bring Harrison Barnes into this. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I also have the uh, the 2017-18 NBA Finals odds. So Ooh, this, Dallas. Is, this is from Vegas Insider. So I'm going to have you try to guess where the Mavericks fall. And uh, can you guess the top five? Let's do that. Do the top five first. All right. Golden State, Cleveland, 
Five to nine odds. You have to bet. You have to bet nine dollars to win five. So you bet. If you bet ninety bucks, you win fifty. That is not. Those are not good odds. Wow. Uh, San Antonio are they third? San Antonio is third. Yeah, Cleveland second. Seven to two odds. Fifteen to one odds for the Spurs. That's pretty good. After that, okay, I'm gonna say. Boston's up there because they probably think that they're going to get like a free agent. They're number four. They're 25 to one. Oh crap. After that, man, number five is, is interesting. Clippers. They are number six at 50 to one. This team is tied with them. So yeah, Clippers are, are tied right there. Uh, the other, please don't say Utah. No, the other team is the, uh, the Houston Rockets, both 50 to one. Uh, then the wizards at 60 to one, the bucks at 80 to one. And then the Pelicans and Thunder are both at a hundred to one. And then Pelicans. all these teams are a hundred and fifty to one. This is just a weird group. Bulls, Nuggets, Pacers, Grizzlies, Heat, Timberwolves, 76ers, uh, Trailblazers, and the Jazz. <laughs> wow. It's such a weird group. The seventy sixers, the Blazers, and the Jazz are all in. If you want to know how hard and how good how hard the West is and how good people think that the Golden State Warriors are. The 76ers, the Blazers, and the Jazz have the same chance to, <laughs> to go to the NBA Finals. It's, 76ers uh, haven't won 30 games in like five even, years. What what was the the Grizzlies' odds? Grizzlies were right in there with 150 to 1. So them too. I mean, the Grizzlies, Blazers, yeah, hey. and Jazz. This is a bad time to be a, like a middle-of-the-road playoff team in the West. That kind of... I don't know. I don't even really know what to say about all that. Who it's, makes that? The t- Vegas. Vegas. This is from Vegas Insider. So right after that tier is the Los Angeles Lakers at two hundred to one. Then after that, your Our Dallas boys. Mavericks at two hundred and fifty to one. Lakers have better do- odds than us. The Lakers have better odds than the Dallas Mavericks, as, as do the Seventy Sixers, the Bulls, the Pelicans. I guess the Pelicans have superstars. So superstars that. Then okay. we'll just we'll end the list. Three hundred to one is the uh, Hawks, Pistons, Knicks. Then the Hornets at four hundred to one. Suns at seven hundred fifty to one. And then the thousand to one odds. The final three teams: the Brooklyn Nets, the Orlando Magic, and your Sacramento Kings. <laughs> Dang, they put Magic. Huh? They, none of those teams have good players. <laughs> I think that's all fair. I think that's Ma- very fair. I don't think the Magic will be. Absolutely horrible next year. Mm. I think you're incorrect. <laughs> I think they're they're just a very bad team. I like Vogel, but yep. anyway. All right, so that's what I want to talk about. Another thing that, that came up today was uh, there's an article on NBA.com about you know what what's the point of playing a season and uh, you know if the if the Warriors and the Cavs are destined to go to the finals yet again next year. And Mark Cuban was was quoted in it and said, I'm never going to stop trying. One sprained ankle changes everything. Do you think that's true? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially if you're in the East, if LeBron goes down, what happens? You know, better yet, they kind of – I don't want to take it off subject. But if LeBron did bolt to the Clippers or Lakers, let's say, and they signed Rudy Gay, do they still win the East? No, they didn't win the Kyrie East this Sean. year. <laughs> At least like regular. I mean, like I mean, like in the playoffs with Kyrie, Shumpert, Rudy Gay, Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson. Don't put Shumpert in there. 
I tweeted so today. I tweeted, to put in I tweeted today that the most definite thing that happened in the finals was Shumpert shooting and missing the entire basket tonight. It's <laughs> <laughs> just something that was definitely going to happen. If you had an NBA Finals game game six or game five uh, bingo chart, Shumpert missing the entire basket should have been on there, and he did. Hey, Jeff Van Gundy said. Darren Williams is playing a really good ball game. <laughs> and I never thought that I would hear that in the finals. In the finals. He kind of did. But he played – it was relative. It was relative to how he had played before because he had played terribly. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think this quote from Mark Cuban is also true. Um, the Mavericks kind of, you know, they, you know, definitely benefited off of this <laughs> in 2011. Um, not necessarily well, a sprained ankle, but just like teams having issues going into the finals. Teams being young, the Lakers being the Lakers, and well, I mean, you see with San Antonio towards, towards the San, end. San Antonio was up by what twenty against Golden State. Yeah, and you know, not saying whatever. Kawhi goes down, series over. I mean, series they were going to beat him anyway, but yeah, I mean, Golden State's the only exception with that. I mean, they you need two injuries on that team to, you know, for something to happen. Yeah. So that's enough about the, the Mavericks news, the news in the, in the NBA. Uh, that's what we're going to try to do on this pod. We're going to do the first like five, three to five minutes on news uh, and just different things that come up in the NBA. Big stories. We'll probably do a lot of national stories. If you guys like that stuff, let us know. Um, helps us plan the podcast better. And then after that, uh, now we're going to do the, our dive into our Frank Nielakina draft profile. So yesterday we did the Dennis Smith profile. If you didn't listen to it, go ahead and listen to it. These are going to be a little bit longer than our normal podcast. And people were kind of making fun of us on Reddit because we keep saying we're trying to make these shorter than 30 minutes. And I think we've just given in like <laughs> we've just kind of been. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about uh, Nielakina's strengths, his weaknesses, the availability. Like is, is Frank Nielakina going to be available to the Mavericks at nine? what his ceiling and his floor is, his NBA comparison, his future role in the NBA and on the Mavericks, his roster impact for the Mavericks, and then end it with why should the Mavs take him and why shouldn't the Mavs take him. So that's what we're going to do here on Locked On Mavs. And uh, let's just get started. Frank Nilekina is a you know a 6'5 guard with a, a famously 7'1 wingspan. The one inch got added <laughs> later in the year, and I definitely made some sort of innuendo joke on Twitter earlier this season when that when that news came out like how did a one inch difference make them <laughs> make it, like such a big deal but so insert your you know jokes there yeah i mean seven foot seven foot but yeah so nilakina you know he went he went pro when he was 15 so i mean he, he's been a pro for what three years in strasburg and so if you're just a casual fan and you're like who's this french kid and so I'm pulling a lot of st stuff from a piece. I did a piece a while back. Hashtag well, I say, like, piece. Hashtag the piece. About a month or so ago. Um, and it just was, who is who exactly is Frank Nilakina? And just try to pull a lot of stuff, read a bunch of stuff on him. And But, you know, when you look at his stats, it's kind of like any European that you look at and you're like, man, that's kind of really not that impressive. But when you read up on some of his league and the team at Strasbourg that – you know, he's playing with a lot of experienced players, a lot of veteran players to where he did come off the bench some. And this, and team, so, this team specifically had a couple of really good point guards too, so he had to play off the ball a lot. Yeah, and, and I think it's going to help him help his favor because, you know, we'll talk about his versatility and ability to play both positions. But, 
I mean, he really came. He really came on to the. He was on the scene before, but it was the tournament. It was the under eighteen tournament for for France that really catapulted him, if yeah, you want to say. Yeah, he was able to get some time, some reps, and you know, he was able to actually play. And it in like the title game, you know, they won the gold medal in that tournament. Yeah, granted, it was 18 and under, so like it was all people his age, and he just dominated. And he had 31 points in the title game. He shot 17 of 29 from three in the whole tournament, which is pretty impressive, you know, for the kid. And he, you know, obviously, he was the MVP of the tournament. And so that was like late fall, first of winter. And so after that, it kind of like really propelled him, I guess into the the scouting circuits and the people that maybe have not didn't know his name before they're like okay who is this kid now so it's kind of cool and now he's kind of he's been linked to the mavericks if there's one guy that you've said (laughs) has been linked to dallas more than anybody it's frank nilikina well there's literally been pictures of him tweeted out with him and mark cuban so you know yeah so and like so yeah that that news came out at you know, it was a couple of days ago. So you get the Adidas uh, Euro Camp. Um, I forgot the official title of that, but that's going on in um, Traverso. I want to say I don't have this right down, but it's up in like Traverso, which is like 45 minutes from Venice, up north of Italy. And so the camp's going on there, and that's all these like young European prospects and stuff. And Draft Express was there, a bunch of people was there, and all this stuff. Well, Donnie was there for that. And then Cuban is all like hanging out in Italy doing his vacation stuff. And that that's when they kind of came came together, all came together after because you know, Nilakina is still playing in his French league right now. And that this is where I didn't write anything down on this, and it's intriguing as far as his draft stuff, is you know, he hadn't had any draft workouts at all. And that could work out in Dallas's favor because we've we've scouted him forever, and you know, Donnie and them knows everything about him. We just met with him in Italy. I say we, but like, you know what I'm saying, Donnie and Mark. And so, so like, if he, I'm pretty sure his finals of his tournament, of his, of this league tournament is like June 13th, which was today <laughs> or tomorrow. We're recording it was yesterday. Like, it, it would have been yesterday. By the time you guys are hearing this, it, it's yesterday. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, which was yesterday. And so it's, you know, these days. So, you know, when the draft is, I mean, that's next Thursday. So, now it's kind of a quick turnaround. Is he going to be able to work out for some teams? And, you know, could it be one of those situations to where if he if they got put out in the tournament earlier or he wasn't playing in his league ball that, you know, and he worked out for some of these teams that he would be getting all this buzz like Dennis Smith is right now? Yeah, and there's a, there's an article from New York Times by a guy named um, Andrew K K E H. Uh, called Frank Nilakina is an NBA prospect uh, is learning to and Frank Nilakina an NBA pro, a top NBA prospect is learning to play with fire. The, all those commas and the the proper grammar is throwing me off there with the New York Times. <laughs> but that, that's my favorite article on him. Yeah, I pulled a lot of stuff from that piece. Yeah, there's really good stuff in there. So go ahead and go read that. But in the piece, he says that uh, there have been scouts out there like a lot watching him and, and measuring his, yeah. you know, measuring his seven foot wingspan. So there, like, there's been guys out there. So, but Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, not, teams... you're, not, you're just not getting your main decision makers getting to see this guy as much as they normally would. Like you're saying with like a Dennis Smith, the guy that's been to like Adidas nations all the time, you know, like been everywhere. Yeah. And there, I mean, there's a difference between having your scouting department 
in, you know, Strasburg, you know, watching a practice compared to, you know, Lonzo in the gym at your facility, meeting your whole front office and, you know, all that stuff like that. So that's what I'm saying. It could work in their favor. You know, it could not, you know, it, it might not matter. You could see a team like Sacramento or something just like, hey, we'll just take the chance on the kid and go from there. And, but I thought a couple things from the New York Times article that I, 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 I wanted to put out is he credits his English. He's really good in, at English. And he said he credit he credits it from his love for American rap. So, <laughs> so. He, lo- he loves rap music. Oh, man. You just wonder, like, what kind of. Yeah, I know. I really want to ask him. Like, that's gonna be my first question if, if we draft him. It's like Frank, what? Who do you listen to? He's like Tupac. He just <laughs> looks at you and goes straight out of Compton. <laughs> You're like, oh, it's like all right, all he right. Just, he just does the whole thing, like the whole song. We, we can work with that. But he also said he studies, and this kind of goes into his weaknesses. We'll talk about later. But like. You know, a part of that piece, even in the title about the fire he has and yeah. his you know, aggressiveness. But he says, he's, you know, he studies Russell Westbrook a lot because he wants to get more aggressive with the ball like Russ. Yeah, I read that. I read that part of the piece and I was like, no. <laughs> like, I guess if there is one part of his game that I wish he would step up, it is like aggressiveness. But just, I don't know. Don't watch Westbrook. Westbrook can do things that no one else can. And it's kind of like. It's kind of like these NBA, you know, coaches that are like, well, you know, it's like Seth Curry or Steph Curry isn't showing, you know, young kids how to shoot from 10 feet behind the three point line. Like, you know, that shouldn't be something everybody can do. And, you know, yeah, it's kind of the same way. way. Anyway, another strength. uh, He's just turning 19 in July. So he's still like super, super young. He'd be the youngest player on the Mavericks by almost three years. God. Almost four years. If Nerlens Noel, I think he's turning 20, 23. I'm not sure what, what date, but by the time the season starts, he will almost be four years younger than any Maverick. Um, and that's appealing. And a lot yeah. of people throw out the thing of, you know, we can mold him into what we want him to become. And some people and, will cringe at that because they're like, what have we molded before? We molded Justin Anderson straight out of town. We molded, you know, like <laughs> we molded AJ Hammonds into not playing with Dirk for the entire season. We, yeah, but like the those guys, yeah, those guys came out of, you know, like Hammonds. I'm I want to say both of them have been in college multiple years, and I don't know off the top of my head, but like you know they kind of already established themselves as what kind of player they are. Milikina, you know, he's 18 right now, played three years of pro ball, but coming off the bench, playing spot minutes, and then playing with kids his age, dominating. So there's still a whole like. The mystery factor is the biggest word really I associate with him. Yeah, another big strength for him is his defense. I mean, he has the physical tools. Like the the seven foot one wingspan is like that's bigger than I mean, man. Like Rudy Gobert's is seven three, so <laughs> you know that's like not that much smaller. All the guards and all the comparisons I look through, none of them were bigger than six nine. Like I'm looking, I'm looking for. I was I was going through all the comparisons. Well, I'll tell you who they are, you know, later in the podcast. But those looking between six four and six six guys, and trying to figure out what his comparison was. And the biggest wingspan I could find was six nine <laughs> or six ten, yeah. and he's got one that's four inches bigger than that. So that's huge. I mean, obviously, pun intended. That's that's huge for him. That's huge. <laughs> this is gonna be huge. <laughs> that's Dirk, by the way. If you guys didn't know, there's this great. 
Mavs video that they put together of Dirk pretending to be Donald Trump with the wig and everything. This was like mm. last year. So even before the presidential run and uh, yeah, it's great. And so I took that from that video, <laughs> put it at the beginning <laughs> of our podcast. Cause it's awesome. But yeah, he can also defend multiple positions. We, we knocked Dennis Smith for saying that he could only, if, even if he really tried, he could probably only guard one position in the NBA. Frank Nielakina can guard some threes. He can definitely guard twos and he can definitely, he can probably guard most ones. So he's, I'd be a little bit quicker in his feet, but yeah, I mean, that's the, I mean, if there's one, you know, when you say Nilakina, as far as talking about his, you know, potential, whatever, the first thing that comes to your mind, you know, if you say Dennis Smith, I'm thinking the leaping, jumping, the dunking. Yeah. You say Nilakina, I'm thinking about his body frame and how that translates and defensive wise. And we we talked numerous times before about, you know, wingspan and how that translates and moving forward. And, and really the, another strength is his ability to play both positions. And I know we talk about defense, but since he's played off the ball a lot in at Strasburg, you know, he, he can play the two guards. So if you did run a system out with like Seth and Nelikina, I think that, I mean, the potential of that could, you know, you're more, you you lean more towards you know your pendulum turns more to where you don't really care as much as one person being a strict point guard. Yeah, I lean I lean a little bit more towards the other way, but I mean, we could see it work either way with Seth and Nilakina, and both of them could play. You know, one or two, Nilakina would be your guy that would take on the opposing point guards. You know, defensively, even though Seth's underrated, but his length and a good exercise so. that I think. Uh, works really well is you look at you look at the NBA finals and you say can this guy play could this guy potentially when he hits his peak or his prime or whatever could this guy play in the NBA finals can you put him out there and play and so you look at these guys like we were talking about uh Karnowski from <laughs> talking about Karnowski from uh the the you know the big man what's he from Gonzaga yeah and uh we're like no there's no way like he could he could not play in these finals so that kind of just rules him out we look at you know some of these other guys and we're like can this guy play in the nba finals right now uh frank nilikina definitely could you you want a guy that can switch you know through you know a bunch of different defenders you want a guy that can hold his own on defense you want a guy that can you know play off the ball the warriors several times in this game in game five that that happened tonight or yesterday depending on when you're listening to this they didn't have a point guard on the floor. They had KD, they had Clay Thompson, they had McCaw, they had Iguodala, and like David West or you know somebody else. They didn't even have Ian Clark, Steph, or Sean Livingston out there. So the NBA is moving more towards these. If everybody has really good ball skills, if if everybody can make plays, if everybody can pass, if everybody can dribble, if everybody can shoot, what's the point of having a traditional point guard? Who's the best traditional point guard in the NBA right now? Uh, Chris Paul. Chris Paul. And Chris Paul has never made it past the second round. I think there's a reason for that. I think it's it's really hard to have a traditional point guard and make it to the NBA Finals. Who's the who's the one guy that's, you know, like been a traditional point guard and been like Finals MVP and like multiple times? Tony Parker. Well, Tony Parker once, but Isaiah Thomas is the only guy that's like a yeah. traditional, traditional point guard. And, and Tony Parker sort of doesn't count because he had Tim Duncan. Like, you know, like he wasn't even the best player on his team, even when he won the, you know, the finals MVP. So I, I just think the NBA is going more in that way. And frankly, Lakina really fits that. Uh, I'm not sure that Dennis Smith necessarily does. And so this is where I, where I completely differ on this. Um, 
All right. So another thing, another big strength for his is off ball shooting. We, you know, we mentioned how he has um, guys and you know on his team that you know play point guard and that are he has a couple of good point guards on the team. I was looking at the team's stats. Their highest score is like twelve points a game. <laughs> like a like maybe like six or seven guys average nine points a game. So this is a team that really spreads the ball out. So like accumulating counting stats is not something that Nilekina was going to do on this team, even if he was getting you know like such a super high volume. He also was the second lowest in usage percentage on his own team. So he's he's just not getting the ball a lot. He's not using the ball a lot. Usage percentage is a combination of you know plays that you use, you you pass or you shoot or you know something that you do. And so, like, Russell Westbrook's was, like, 40% this year, which is, like, the highest ever. <laughs> Joel Embiid's was, like, 40%. That's the highest ever. Uh, Frank Nielakina's on his, on his you know, the French team was, uh, six like, 15, <laughs> which is super, super low. The guy just, like, barely uses the ball. And uh, so I think getting him some more reps and, and allowing him to, to show his game a little bit more, like we saw in that Euro tournament where he was actually able to, to showcase his skills, he actually, you know, played super well. And so I'm not sure – what this French team is doing, but, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, all that to be said is off ball shooting is something that, you know, it's good because he hasn't yeah, in some, shown of, too much. And some of you might think you might ask the question, okay, well, if he's going to be a top 10 draft pick, why, why isn't he playing for this team? So I was listening to this podcast and they were talking about Milos Teodosic uh, from Serbia and him coming over and, you know, there's some nets rumors and all that stuff, but I love him, love him. And, I wish Dallas could go after him. He's if like we a don't son to you. <laughs> I like this guy a lot. <laughs> I did a piece on him, uh, but but uh, no, I do like this guy a lot. I think he could be something in NBA, but he is kind of older. But anyway, in the podcast they were talking about, they're going through European prospects, and they were talking about each one, you know, how young they were and future potential and stuff. But one of the guys mentioned something, and I, I guess I never really knew this before. And it might not be like this for every league. It, could, it might not be like this for Nilakina's league. But these leagues, it's kind of like um, I'm trying to think of something. Not really soccer, but it's it's one of these leagues where like if you lose like two games, like you're not going to make the playoffs. So it's the you know, the leagues are so big the way you have to you know it's just the undefeated teams that make the playoffs or the one loss teams or maybe two loss teams and so like these teams. They're going to play their best players every single time. They're playing their most experienced, their veterans and all this stuff because they can't lose that one game. So like, and you know, developing these young players, they know they might lose them. <laughs> they might go yeah, to the league. Not so. a priority. <laughs> yeah. So like, it's really, really tricky. And I don't know a ton about that. I'm not, I'm not trying to act like I do, but it's just, it was, that was intriguing to me to hear that. Yeah, and some of these leagues, and definitely in soccer, I'm not so so much sure in the NBA, in the in not NBA, <laughs> in basketball leagues, but like some teams could get regulated to lower leagues if they you know if they lose. Imagine if like the worst team in the NBA, so like the Brooklyn Nets, get sent down to the D League if they if they're the worst team wow. in the NBA. Like imagine if that happened. So that that's just the sort of kind of stuff happening. And some people will be like, well, what does the NBA do stuff like that? Well, then we wouldn't get to see young players play that much, like like Neely Keena did. So. All right, other let's let's move on to weaknesses. Um, the I think one weakness that's just a weakness for us is just lack of footage, like lack of just you know available games and like you know scouting for him. We just didn't have as much stats on him. That's sort of just a a weakness, but it could also be known as a, like also be a strength. Like Kristaps Porzingis, I think really benefited from the mystery and the intrigue of like an international prospect, and 
teams are seeing more and more of these people and we are seeing more and more of these guys too like imagine imagine in 98 before like the internet was as big as it is now <laughs> and you're trying to find Dirk Nowitzki like, <laughs> like yeah. highlights or anything just literally any kind of video it would be super impossible but i Donnie and Mark have obviously been over there and uh you know i've seen him and stuff like that but for us it's we're just kind of like i don't know we go to draft express we try to find highlights and video of him online yeah, you know, it's, to me that's it's, a weakness when you see highlights it's funny my wife made this 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 statement uh, a few weeks ago i die laughing but they're showing it was the it was lottery night it's lottery night and my dad was in town uh, from out of state and my dad said we were watching the lottery and my dad said i just don't think that lonzo kid's gonna be very good <laughs> and, and my, my wife quickly responds by saying well he's doing good in these highlights <laughs> and we just like oh, kind of look at her and she didn't even like it didn't even click we're like that's why it's a highlight yeah that's the whole point um, uh but no uh charks jonathan charks for the ringer or one of our friends friend he, of the pod yeah he um <laughs> he did a piece on nilakina and it was it was awesome it was great so check it out yeah but he, he put a stat in there that just gives you a, a hint on the mystery behind nilakina and how much we haven't seen him yet he said Malik Monk, you know, which obviously shot a lot at Kentucky. Malik Monk shot one more three-pointer, one more three-pointer in three months than Nilakina did in three years. Jeez. So in three months at Kentucky, Monk shot one more three-pointer total threes than Nilakina had in three years of professional ball. So, and and that's not saying that's not because Nilakina is bad at threes. He went 17 of 29 in that tournament, you know, just you know a few months ago from behind the arc so it's just there's that there's that intrigue of the porzingis the greek freak the you know it's kind of like you're just swinging a bat and hoping for the home run with that and hopefully so so yeah the mystery the lack of stuff as a weakness you know it's it it's sad to put that as a weakness but the aggressiveness too i mean that you want to it's kind of like dennis smith in his situation nc state as far as you know, you kind of put maybe some of his issues towards his situation. You might put Nilakina's, you know, issues maybe towards his age, with him being so young. Yeah. And you know, just you know, basically a kid. But in that New York Times article, I have it pulled up. You know, the the guy who wrote the you know Andrew K or for the Times, he said he said this quote, you know, quote for quote. He said, for Nilakina, the goal is to wield those tools with more aggressiveness and consistency. He is quiet by nature. The people around him would love to see him take more risk, to take to make more mistakes, to show more fire. So it's that stuff to where like he's still a kid and he seems like he's just kind of like not really laid back because we don't know him and we nothing like that, yeah. but just the aggressiveness to use his frame like he should. Yeah, and imagine you're a 15 year old and you're going to play for a professional team where like 35 year old men play. You're like in the locker room with guys that are, literally could be your dad and might be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Also, that your like that that shark stat about how the threes. Um, Neil Kina played five hundred and eighty something minutes. I think it's like five hundred and eighty seven minutes for his team last year. Um, guess who played five hundred and eighty minutes for the Mavericks this year? <laughs> um, <laughs> five hundred and eighty minutes this year. Nico. Nico played five hundred and twenty one. Andrew Bogut played five hundred and eighty. 
So like the sample size that we got from Nico and Andrew Bogut is basically the sample size we have for Neil Aquino. Like that's what we're, that's the kind of volume that we're talking about. Just not very good. And as opposed to Harrison Barnes, we've seen 2,803 minutes of Harrison Barnes as a Dallas Maverick. <laughs> There's Dang. a really good sample size. So like <laughs> think about how you guys think about Nico. You're like, well, he like half, like some people are like, he could be good. And other people are like, no, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's, that's that's where we are on Neil Aquino, basically. Hmm. Yeah, and like, I don't want to say this is a weakness because it doesn't determine everything, but he's not going to be your guy that drives the lane and cocks it back, you know. Yeah, that's, he will yeah. if he's wide open, but not in traffic like Dennis Smith will. Yeah, so when you watch some tape, you know, if you're just a casual fan, and you're like, oh, let me just search this kid, and you're like, oh man, he's just kind of boring. Like, where's it? Where's his highlight plays? Like Dennis Smith, and you know, obviously it doesn't mean anything once you start to dig more into it. He won't be as he won't be as sexy as Dennis Smith. You know, the sex, you know, the sexy appeal of Dennis Smith coming in, and <laughs> yeah, it's so weird to use, but like I'm trying to think of a word that <laughs> Isaac's turning red right now. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't have a you better word for the, that. You just said the sex of Dennis Smith. The, the sex appeal. <laughs> it's so weird, but hopefully I'll get my point. Yeah, I mean, he's he's not an amazing passer either. Like, we talked about how Dennis Smith can make these. I mean, we we talked about it yesterday on the podcast, that um, the Justin Anderson-Dorian Finney-Smith comparison, where one player is going to take more risks, another player is going to, you know, be more subdued but make the right plays and, and do really well. You said it's a player that you unleash, like a, a like an unleash type player. Frank Nielakina is not necessarily that. Now, he has some unleash potential with his jumper where you can, like, send him out there like he did in that tournament and, and just, you know, go off. But he doesn't necessarily do that all the time. Um, mm. He's not super great of a passer. He'll turn the ball over a lot. He fouled a lot in his league. Um, not a super good pull-up shooter, like off the dribble. And so all these weaknesses to me and all the strengths, I just wonder, like, why is this guy not a two? Why is he a, why is he a point guard and not a two? Like, I mean, he has point guard skills definitely, but he seems more of like, you know, a two guard than he does a point guard. And he's thin. He's, he's pretty thin and that's, which is pretty normal now. (laughs) Yeah. Cause he's what I think I wrote down a one seventy. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty, pretty thin for six, five. But yeah, obviously, I mean, you see people, I mean, they're going to grow and add strength and all that stuff. So I'm not too worried about that. Yeah. What Nerland's is going to add like 20 pounds of muscle. What is he, what's he saying he's going to add? Nerland's has the flattest chest I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> it's literally like, he's never going to listen to the pod now. <laughs> it's just his sternum. No, Nerland's a cool dude. I like Nerland's a lot, man, but no, he's, he's, a, he's, he's a cool cat. Like him, the only (laughs) every time Wildcat, (laughs) when I see Nerlens now, that we did a piece together on his time at Kentucky, and and uh, he knows I'm from Kentucky, so like now when we interact, he's like, oh, the Kentucky guy. So he doesn't (laughs) know my name, but he just associates me with Kentucky. That's funny. But yeah, so all those things make me think that he might be a two. So the 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 strengths and the weaknesses section of this podcast is not very stout, not as much as the ones we will have because just we just don't have as much information on him. Uh, for his availability, the Wisdom of Crowds board, which was put together by David Locke, which is all these different you know mock drafts of people that we you know sort of like like reputable sources basically uh, have him. 
pick the average of uh, 10.8. So basically between the 10 and 11 range. So the, definitely where the Mavericks are picking, uh, the uh, the Ringer guys were all split, all three of them. Kevin O'Connor had him at 10. Uh, Danny Chow had him at 12. And, and our guy, Jonathan Charks, had him at 13. Hmm. Charks, I guess, is not high on Neely Kino. He's either not high or he thinks just some – was that their, like, big board or mock drafts? Those are mock drafts. Okay. So he might just be based off fit or what he's hearing. I don't Actually, know. I mean, I, yeah. I don't think it's that low. I really don't. But, no, I mean, not 13, but, but I think he's he'll be probably – most likely he'll be available for the Mavericks because you start looking at – if we see one of these forwards, like if we see Markkinen or, you know, we see – um, who's another guy I'm, I'm missing? If we see Mark, literally, if we see Marketing go above the Knicks, yeah. then then Nilakina will be available for the Mavericks Any- because that means that Dennis Smith will probably be available for the Knicks, and then Nilakina for the Mavericks. That's kind of the way it is. Did you see the stuff that came out today about Nilakina talking about the Knicks? No, I did not. So, the New York Post got to him, and I feel so they- bad for the kid. Yeah, <laughs> the New York Post got to him, and uh, they pretty much just interviewed him for a story. And the thing that you know was kind of intriguing about it is he he was talked about how great the Knicks you know organization was, and I'm like, hmm, okay. Um, but he talked about how great of a fit he would be, and how he's been how he's watched them and their system, and how the triangle you know system would fit him best, and and all that stuff. So. So like New York, I mean, we hear all the time how much they, you know, how much they're loving Nilakina, and that that's came out over and over again because if Phil's not going to abandon the triangle, then Nilakina is your best fit. I mean, Nilakina would be your would be your guy to you know to run the show with that. So and he doesn't demand the ball and he can shoot from the outside. So I don't. New Yorks are if you're locked in on Nilakina. And you're a Dallas fan. Your biggest worry is obviously New York, and it could come down. It very, very, very well could come down to which I don't. I don't think it will. I think Dennis Smith will go a little higher, but it could come down to New York and Dennis Smith. Nilakina is on the board at the same time, and they take one. We simply take the other. That's totally what it could come down to. The hardest part probably of this. Um, breakdown is going to be Nilekina's ceiling and his floor. Like, what do we think realistically in the NBA Nilekina could be? So, like yesterday for Dennis Smith, I said that he could his ceiling is probably like a two-time All Star, like a Baron Davis or a Steve Francis type. Uh, for Nilekina, I can't see an All Star in his career, maybe ever. I see him as this is definitely not the style of player that he is, but the level of player I could see him as like an Andre Iguodala. Where he ends up being like mm-hmm. this really like you know just smart veteran that you know is willing to take sacrifices and he you know maybe makes an all star team but like it's sort of fluky you know he doesn't he doesn't like he doesn't like lead necessarily his conference in any you know in any way but he's just a super solid player that you can like depend on and that can do a lot of things and obviously defend really well and that's not as like you would like to say it's not as sexy as you know like a guy that'll score you twenty points like a Jason Tatum or Dennis Smith. Yeah, it's just kind of like his overall game. You know, if you're if you're needing that 20 points out of the point guard spot, then 
Dennis Smith might be your better guy. If you want somebody that's going to give you 15, 6, and 6, you know, Nilakina might be your guy. Um, and a couple of steals and, you know, like a block here or there, you know. Yeah, so I did pull up the New York Post thing, and he said, he said, the Knicks have a good history. This is Nilakina talking. The game they play, the triangle offense, is close to the game I play in France with my team. A lot of movement. I think to play over there, I would fit – I would fit with them. It would be great to play for them. So I mean, we don't re- we haven't seen a lot of stuff of Nilakina talking and stuff. So take that for what it's worth. Uh, with that, take that for data. Take that for data. His floor, I mean, it's so hard. It man. goes it goes right with his NBA comparison. And the first one that comes up for me is Dante Exum. I think he could. I mean, maybe not with Dante Exum been dealing with the injuries, but that's sort of his floor. Where you're like, he's a he's a way better shooter than Exum, though. But he's less he's less of an athlete. So you sort of sort of put those together. So I mean, Dante Exum six six. He has the six nine wingspan that I talked about. Not I also wrote down not as good of a shooter. Um. So yeah. So he he definitely will have. He'll be able to be used in a sense because he, you know shooters will always be able to be used. That's how Steve Novak was on the was on an NBA roster when he was like thirty six. <laughs> he could just shoot, and that was Steve. it. But like, I, can you see that as as his floor? Like, just a guy that you're like, I don't really know what to do with him. Sort yeah, of. I mean, I think that yeah, that could be his floor. And but we just, but I think, but I'm also on the boat too that I think Exum's kind of got screwed a little bit and. Some jazz people, Andy Bailey for Bleacher Report that follows the jazz all the time. You know, he's always talking about how, like, you know, he loves the jazz, but, how you know, Exum just never got really a fair shot, and his development's been kind of so weird. And, but I think there's still two point guards in front of him. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. So some, uh, some other measurements. Are we at that point to talk about some other players that he could maybe look at? So, so you got, you know, Nilakina 6'5. 170 pounds, seven foot wingspan. So look at some other players. Let's look at Marco Michael Carter Williams. Interesting. So Carter Williams, you know, one rookie of the year. He's six six, so an inch taller than Nelikina, 184 with a six seven wingspan. So like when I watch Carter Williams, I'm, I already feel like he has kind of longer long arms. Yeah, whatever like, it is. Like, yeah, like when people when he got traded to the Bucks, everyone was was saying like, oh man, like they're gonna have all these wingspans. <laughs> He was like part of that, you know, and now he's completely not. And Tony Snell took his place. Yeah. And so like when you think of Russell Westbrook, so like Westbrook, and when I instantly think Westbrook, I'm thinking this like massive big point guard, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Westbrook's at 6'3", 192 pounds, 6'7", wingspan. So Nilekina has five inches on that, you know, or six inches on that. I don't believe Westbrook is 192 pounds. That, that, guy, that guy is okay. so built. I got this I, off of. Uh, I am six foot three, and I am like two hundred and twenty pounds right now, and and I I cannot weigh twenty pounds like thirty pounds more than Russell Westbrook because he <laughs> is just such a bigger, stronger human than me. He's just stronger, completely stronger. So let's throw Alfred Payton in there. Alfred Payton six four. Ah, I hate that as a comparison. Just Alfred Payton cannot shoot, and that just no, can, I, that yeah, completely well, just. No, I'm just throwing frames at you. Oh god. So because Rondo's next. And I want to throw his frame at you too. Don't, like, don't throw Rondo at me. I'm, no, I'm just throwing frames <laughs> at you to where you, when you, because these are players we see all the time and we picture. So, you know, Peyton 6'4, 185, 6'8 wingspan. Rondo 6'1, 175. So just like five pounds, you know. So picture like Rondo's frame as far as like his, um, you know, his weight yeah, is. Yeah, a little know, bit, little bit taller. 
skinny, yeah, you know, four inches taller, Rondo. But Kawhi Leonard has a wingspan of seven three. Jeez. Nilakina is at seven one. So my first thing when I saw Kawhi Leonard for the very first time back, whatever it was, last year, a couple years ago, right up front, you know, up close, right next to him. The very first thing I said to myself was, wow, he is super long. Like yeah. his hands are so big and his arms are so long. So think about it that way. Kawhi is 6'7", and he has a 7'3 wingspan. Nilakina is 6'5", with a 7-foot wingspan. So I'm not saying he's Leonard at all, but because Leonard is like 230. <laughs> he has like He's like 225 pounds. But that's just some players that throw at you. You know, he he's a better shooter than Exum, Peyton, and Rondo, and Carter Williams. He he's this just we haven't seen in a while a guy that's as big as him and with his frame, but can shoot it really well too. Normally it's these guys that come out that have this frame and is that size, but they can't shoot. Like Michael Carter but, Williams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they basically come out all the guys like, you just said. Like, even yeah. even Kawhi. Yeah. And so that's the that's an appeal factor of of Nelikina that he has the frame and yet he can shoot too. Here's a couple other comparisons that like actual comparisons of this has sort of the frame and also like the game sort of. George Hill. Yeah, that's a I didn't think about that one. That another Utah Jazz guy. Uh Malcolm Brogdon, I think, is a big one that, that a lot of people think. He's got the six ten wingspan, he's about six four. I think he can shoot better than Brogdon. Yeah. Brogdon also five years older than Frank Nilakina. Five years. Wow. wow. That's crazy. Uh another one that I thought of was Tyler Johnson. Ew. <laughs> Just and then uh Bradley Beal for some reason was one that keep kept getting brought up. Like a shooter that's you know, six five, that's sort of long. You know, he can he can play pretty good defense and he can you know. I think that was just one that got brought up. If I was thinking of him more as a two, the ringer said, uh, the ringer said George Hill and the ringer also said Jeremy Lin. And I was like, no, (laughs) I don't see that as a comparison at all. Like even as like the style of player. I don't know. I see the George Hill one. Yeah, definitely see that. Jeremy Lin's a little different for me, but Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't see that at all. Okay. The last thing I want to do in comparisons before we move on is, uh, why is he not going to be Roddy B? <laughs> That's me. Cause it's not me. Rod- it's a literal question that MFFLs are asking right now. What's wrong with being Roddy B? Well, he flamed out for the Mavericks and people don't <laughs> want that. Remember when he was supposed to get like a training camp invite this past year? <laughs> yes. Remember when I, remember when I did the uh, AAC Jersey watch this season and I saw a Roddy B Jersey. <laughs> Oh, Roddy B. I mean, I don't, I don't, I really don't have an answer for that. Like, why he won't be Roddy B. I mean, different player completely. I mean, Roddy B. Six foot. He's supposed to be like, you know, a point guard that handles the ball and yeah, shoots. But I mean, I just know he's bigger and he's longer, and that's that's about it. I don't, I don't remember Roddy B. Coming <laughs> in to Dallas. I don't, I remember like his time out. <laughs> yeah, right. But but I don't remember him coming in that well. So the answer, why is he not Roddy B? We don't know. He could be. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not going to be Roddy B. He has a higher floor than Roddy B. Roddy B didn't have the, you know, that frame and, you know, stuff to work with. You know, Nilakina at least has that. He has his defensive frame he can fall back on. 
Yeah, Roddy B had sort of like the, St- the Steph Curry thing. The Seth Curry thing, we'll say. He said he had the Seth Curry thing. We're like, all right, if this is going to work, like if this player is going to work out, it's going to really work. It's going to be awesome. Like he's, you know, he's going to be really good. If this doesn't work, he doesn't have a place. You know, like we just can't find a spot for this guy. Like we just, we can't just throw out. Like if, if Seth Curry went out there and he wasn't hitting shots, let's say Seth Curry goes out and shoots like 25% from three. What are we going to, like, what do we do with Seth? Like, what do we do with Seth Curry? That's sort of the, the Roddy B thing. And I don't think Frank Neely, Frank Neely can, can give you some other stuff in, you know, playing on a basketball court that, that Roddy B couldn't. So that's just my answer to that. All right, his future role for the Mavericks. Uh, we sort of mentioned, why is he a, a point guard and not a two guard? I think in this positionless basketball thing, if you are a believer in Seth Curry like I am, you want Frank Neely Kina to play next to him because that would be super ideal. Yeah. I mean, if the goal, if Seth Curry is in your long-term plans, if you're going to pay Seth Curry money. If you're going to give him dollars. If you're going to give him USD. USD dollars. Uh, But if he, yeah, if if Seth's in your long-term plan, you're prepared to pay him next summer. Then Nilekina, I think, is the best fit out of, you know, realistic target. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he would come in as probably the backup to – I guess Yogi or JJ. It's, I'm so intrigued. Sort of a, it's sort of a weird thing because he could play. He could literally. We, they could start him. It just depends well, on what they want to do with the forward spots. Well, I'm just. I'm so intrigued on if we do get a point guard, whoever it is in the draft. Who's the do odd they, man out? Well, do they start like right off the bat? Like, is it because you know how Rick is, and you know Rick's just weird with that stuff. I do know how Rick is. <laughs> so like, <laughs> you know, with Yogi already knowing everything, does Yogi start? And it's kind of. It's kind of like. When you have, you know, like Mike Glennon in Chicago with, you know, wow. Trubisky. Hashtag crossover. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, when you have that, you know, that NFL team that has the young quarterback behind them and they're like, hey, they won't admit it, but they're like, we're going to start our vet for like, you know, six games, but we know we're going to turn it over to the young guy coming up pretty soon, you know, halfway in the season when we start losing. I'm not saying Dallas is going to have like a <laughs> sucky season, but I totally understand but that. I think it would be something like that, but. You know, if like even if like what if they just hit a home run and got Fox for some reason, would Fox start? Like, what talent would be? What does Fox, it matter? Fox is a guy that talent? I Fox is a guy that I could see winning over Rick Carlisle in training camp. You know what I mean? Like he like a Yogi, but in a completely like exponentially higher way. Like he just comes in because Fox is a guy that gives a crap, and so he's gonna come in and like actually play hard during training camp. Whereas like other guys are, you know, you're just gonna be like walking around or you know doing whatever fox is just gonna come in and like play his butt off and, and carlisle loves that stuff yeah he does so uh the roster impact i think this could if, if they pick neil Aquino, this could be really good for all the point guards and all the guards basically this is like really good thing for all the guards because they all have a place they all have a place still if you draft dennis smith it really puts out one of yogi or jj Barea. it really just puts them to the curb basically because you're not really sure what you're gonna do with you can't play like put some, any of them. Put them off the roster or minutes. It puts them to the to the third point guard spot, which is the weird, you know, Raymond Felton spot from two years ago. <laughs> that you're just like, yeah. like uh, I'm not really sure. He plays every once in a while, but Raymond Felton, you could at least play with some other guys. But any of these three point guards, you couldn't play together if it's Dennis Smith. But if it's Neely Kina, you can play him with Seth, Yogi, JJ, Wes, or Devin. Yeah, and that's I agree with that. I hadn't role. really thought about thought about that either. Does it affect Devin Harris's roster status at all? Not being on the roster, 
because you want you definitely want I, I would want Devin Harris and and JJ Barea to both be there to mentor him in a way. Yeah. For what it's worth, Devin Harris is host is making an appearance at a basketball camp tomorrow in Arlington. Ooh. And um, is his camp or he's making an appearance at a camp? No, it's at the Mavs uh, overnight camp. And I don't know. Take that for what it is. If how many players on team options or non guaranteed deals make appearances in their city? I'm not reading into it. I don't know anything. But if he thought for, if for he was team. on his if he yeah. yeah. And it's a team event. If they out, would he be doing that? That's true. I think right. he's a nice guy. Nice enough, you know, like. Yeah. But and I don't he... want to, like, try to, like, speculate. But we will. <laughs> <laughs> so, sh- why should the Mavs take him? It's defense. It's a solid player. It's a guy with, with some upside, but a, a really low floor. Or a really high floor, let's say. Um, just you know, a guy that could really complement a lot of the guards you have, and basically any guard in the NBA. I could see the, I could see Neil Akina playing next to anybody. Yeah, I think I said Smith had the higher uh, fire floor. Yeah, I would disagree with that personally. Really? Yeah, I think I think Dennis Smith. I could see him flaming out more than I could see Neil Akina flaming out. I just my only fear is these players like Alfred Payton, Exum, Carter Williams. I know he can shoot better than them, but like. We see these guys and where they're at right now in the league, and we're like, is shooting li- literally the only thing that has kept them back from being? You think so? I'm nodding. I'm nodding vigorously. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that is a thing that will keep them. Shooting will put you into a game. Shooting will take you out of a game. Most Bates played in the NBA Finals two years in a row. Why did most Bates play two years in a row in the NBA Finals? Because the guy could shoot. The guy <laughs> could walk out in the NBA court, and he can hit threes, and he can hit long twos. Uh, if most Bates couldn't do that, most Bates would not play. <laughs> yeah. That's just a, a thing for any position. If you have a five that can hit hit jumpers, if you – okay, why is Spencer Hawes still on a roster? Guy can hit threes. <laughs> like, for sure. You know, you just if you can shoot, you can stay in the NBA. Yeah. Kind of goes into our Shaq debate, too. It's sort of like you need to score points to win basketball games, and these guys can score points. <laughs> it's like, hey, uh, what's the key to victory tonight? Well, I mean, just whoever scores the most points, you know. And... Yeah, <laughs> got to put the ball in the basket, man. God, All right, question. why the Mavs shouldn't take him uh, if somebody better is available? That's for me. I'm, I'm really <laughs> I'm really sold on Neil Aquina. I just I think that, you know, unless there's somebody on the board that, that we definitely think is like, like if Jason Tatum falls, I'm like, ooh. We gotta think about this. <laughs> so, all right. So, I, my draft board 5.0 came out today. Ooh! Didn't uh, you say morning. yesterday that it was 4.0, and today now you're on 5.0? No, nah, it was. Daily I was advanced. I was advancing past 4.0. Oh, got it. 4.0. My last one was like a month and a half ago. It was a long time ago. Can't keep up with the smoking cube, and they're smoking past this. With the, uh... Smoking past it. Smoking those cigars. Uh, no. So yeah, and I was doing my draft board based off, you know, or. You know the big board's basically how you would organize the prospects. You know, for not necessarily the team. for fit for the teams, but for how you value them. Yeah, it's not a mock draft. It's like you're putting on your hat as you know Dallas's franchise, and whoever's on the board. You know, when you're picking, picking, you're going down, and you're like, all right, who's who's the best available or there? So you know, I had Fultz one, I had Ball second. I'd flip flopped on them earlier in the year. Um, third I had De'Aaron Fox. And what's crazy is, you know, for the Mavs, we need a point guard. And for the longest time, Fox was three. 
because for because of the need for point guard, now Fox has just risen up everybody's boards to where he's like three or four anybody. Anyway, and then I have Josh Jackson and Tatum in, at four and five. And then I have Nelikina at six. And wow. he kind of went up, went up some for me. And so, so basically what I'm saying is if Fultz, Ball, Fox, Tatum, and Jackson are off the board, I want Nelikina. I want Nelikina over Dennis Smith, over Jonathan Isaac, over Malik Monk. Wow. Right. I'm not sure I would yeah. go. I'm not sure I would go as far as Malik Monk, but all those other guys, yeah, I would rather have Nilakina. So I put I put Monk right after Nilakina, and where did I put Monk? I think so. But Monk yeah, has, I, Monk has a higher ceiling. We'll we'll do his draft profile later. But anyways. guess who I had over Jonathan Isaac? My boy. OG. I did. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, I do. Gosh. I think. On yeah, that note. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm all in on OG man. You are. He was nine on my board. Gosh. Isaac was ten. And Draft.net has him going like forty second. <laughs> no, oh, OG. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you see? Did you you know how high uh, OG is for charts? Pretty high. He's like five. No. Like on on his overall draft board, not just Dallas. Wow. Yeah. We better. He talk, has. We him. better talk to him. <laughs> Hey, I'm all in with Charks on OG. You better text Chark and see if he's okay. <laughs> he's that watching up. too much college basketball. <laughs> I'll ask him about that at lunch this week. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks so much for joining us on Lockdown Mavs. That has been Frank Nilekina's draft profile. We went through all the stuff that you need to know, basically. Strengths, weaknesses, availability, ceiling, floor, NBA comparisons, future role, roster impact, and why and why not. And why should the Mavs take him and why not? So we're going to do that, all those different things for all these prospects coming forward. I think tomorrow we're doing Laurie Markkinen. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I think we're both going to be very low on him, <laughs> just as a, a teaser. So, no, yeah. That's sad, too, because it's not going to – I'm not hating on him as a prospect at all. Just for the Mavericks. All right, thanks so much for joining us. Please rate and review the podcast. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much for the feedback, guys. We had one of our best days yesterday uh, from – on uh what is it monday yesterday monday was one of our best days the Dennis smith pod a bunch of other things thanks so much for the feedback on reddit on twitter we hear all of it we see it so thanks so much appreciate it guys and uh we'll see you tomorrow peace out